We're going to look in the Bible to the book of John, chapter 13. So turn to John 13, verse 34. The title of this message is A New Commandment for a New Year. A New Commandment for a New Year. And this is from John 13, 34 and 35. And as I said to you, it says here what Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. Well, you never know what you're going to learn. I heard a, a story about a little boy who went to first grade, came home and his mother said, well, what did you, what'd you learn today in school? And he said, well, we learned where babies come from. They said, what? What are you talking about? He says, yes, we learned uh, how to make a baby, basically. Well, what do you mean? He said, well, you change the Y to I and you add ES. That's how uh, you make babies out of a baby. So you never know what you're going to learn. But I do know this is that If we're going to think about a new year, uh, let's think about what Jesus said. He gave us something new. He says a new commandment that he gives to us, and it is to love one another and to love as he loved. And I thought, well, let's try to find out what Jesus did that's worth copying and worth doing ourselves. But I will tell you that John in this same gospel said that if we were to write down everything Jesus said or did, the world couldn't hold the books. So I'm going to do a very poor job today of listing the things Jesus did. But I will say the great challenge is, is as you learn about Jesus more and more, you uh, just keep learning that much more and add that much more love to your life. And I think that's all he expects. So let's read and, and look and see what God says. Well, he says a new commandment. It's, it's new in the sense that it is something that he wants us to focus on. He wouldn't have said it if he didn't want us to obey it. He says, you, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So he gives us a new commandment, so let's obey him. And if we're going to start the year off right, we need to start by showing our respect to our Lord, especially for what he did for us that you love one another. Well, there's nothing that's more commonly used in this world and commonly accepted than the word love. We sing songs about it and it is celebrated and the world even uh, always says positive things about love. But it's ironic that when Jesus talks about love and the world talks about love, they have the same word, but they don't have the same thing. And Jesus is talking about something far greater because he says, as I have loved you. Now that is a special love, no question about it. So I thought, well, what did Jesus do in his love for his disciples that was special and important that we can copy? So let's think about it. First thing I noticed about Jesus in his love for his disciples was that he called them by name, personally. He called them. He took a personal interest in his disciples. Uh, He sought them out, 
and he accepted them. He loved his disciples in that way. And I, and I think that if we are to love as he loved, we need to have a personal involvement with other people and love them in the same way. We need to be calling upon people and showing our interest in them. He was interested in these disciples, even though Jesus was the son of God, even though he had created the universe, but he took time to be interested in them. He cared about them. Now, we live in times where uh, we're challenged to get together the way uh, we would normally get together. And there are so many obstacles to social engagement in our current world. People are afraid of mixing with other people. People are afraid of, of, in, of just so many things, especially with the pandemic. But I think that what we do not need to, to ever lose focus on is that we still need to be involved, especially we have the advantage today of digital and electronic communication. So we can actually con contact people in ways we couldn't before. Also, people are so busy with their, their work and their jobs. Uh, it's, it's sort of like this. People have more money than they ever had before, but they don't have uh, the ability to enjoy that because of their time pressures. And uh, literally, if you think about it, uh, I know this is true of teachers because I work with teachers and I are one, as they say. But a lot of the teachers are female, and they talk about how during the teach the year they can barely keep their house all up together. So having a bunch of people over to their houses when they're working is very hard. So it's a challenge. We live in challenging times, and most people can't afford to hire people to clean up and do all these things. Uh, in, in England, the middle class back in the 1800s was a little bit different than our middle class because the middle class there, they had servants who lived in the house and they had like five stories and they had probably the upper floors were taken by the servants on the very top and they would cook and clean and they did everything for the middle class people. Now, I don't know how many of you have a staff who are living in your house, but most people today don't have that. And it's, it's, it's been replaced with the washer, the dryer, the dishwashing machine, and a vacuum cleaner, all these things. But the problem with all these machines we have is what? They don't run themselves, so we haven't got to that point. We, we've, we've, we've got an easier time, but we also have to take time. The challenge today is real, but we need to call upon people, a text here, a call there, uh, conversations, remembering people, these are important, and God wants us to do a better job. Jesus took time to call his disciples. We should take time to call people, and, and the more, the better. Another thing Jesus did that I think showed his love is he showed his love by example. 
He lived an example. He spent time in prayer to his father. He spent time showing them how to take care of people. He healed people. He took care of whatever their needs were at the time. He was a, a, a man who lived by example. And by living the life, he wasn't just saying, hey, go do this or go do that. He actually showed them with his deeds. Uh, and I believe that that's very important because the third thing I was going to tell you about is he also told them the right things to do. And so his words were the words of grace. His words are found throughout the New Testament, but especially in the Gospels. But if you look at his words, his words are words like the words we have here about love. And his words also uh, are instructive on how to live. So he told them in his words how to live, but he showed them in his life how to live so that there was a perfect consistency between his words and his deeds. So if he's talking about patience, he's also living a patient life. And that's something that you have a hard time being patient when you're driving for three hours in a torrential rainstorm. You know, it's easy to have no patience. But God wants you to have patience because Jesus had patience and he lived that life. So he showed them in his example, in his life, but he also told them in how he taught them. He taught them in parables. He taught them how uh, God loves lost people in his parables, that God has a personal concern for lost people. And, and Jesus himself had a concern for lost people, the lost sheep of Israel. But not only did Jesus call them personally, not only did he show them in his example, in his life, and not only did he tell them in his words, but he also fed them. Uh, he fed them with real food when they were needed. Uh, now you might say, well, Brother Keith, how am I supposed to feed the 5,000? Well, when you have 5,000 people coming to hear you and they have no food, then you can uh, you know, maybe get in that situation. Maybe we don't have to feed that multitude until the occasion arises. But in this case, I think that God wants us to remember that if we are in a pinch and we need God to help somebody, let's pray to God and ask God's help. And that's what he did. He fed people, he took care of their needs but not just food, but also in healing. He was able to take care of people when they were hurting or when there was a need. And I think that we should be sensitive about people's needs and especially doing something about it. A fourth thing that it says or that we can find out about Jesus is that he led them. Not only did he feed them, but he led them. Now, leading is a hard thing to do because most people think about leading is that you're a dictator just telling everybody, ordering people what to do, and, and you're giving them these uh, marching orders. That's not the way Jesus led. He led by example, but he led by serving people. He was the greatest servant. He said the greatest among you is the servant of all. Well, he was the greatest servant, so he's the greatest among them. He took care of their needs from the very smallest act of washing their feet when he did it to make a point, but he also served them in all other ways. That's how leadership should be, is that when you lead, you should be remembering that your purpose is not to make something of yourself, 
but rather to make something of everyone else that's better than what you found. And if your goal with all the people you personally are interacting with is to, to make sure that their interaction with you makes them a better human being and that they're more blessed because they met you, then that is a, a true leader because God wants us to lead by serving other people. And I do believe that if you make yourself this goal, a goal this year to serve more people than you did last year, that God will literally elevate you in your, the ranks of heaven or however he wants to rank you. Because God wants us to follow uh, him so that we can be leaders of others. Jesus was the greatest leader of them all. They, they respected him. And if we're supposed to love as Jesus loved, we should be earning that kind of respect from those we are loving. And that's a goal that we should take upon ourselves. If we're serving and making others better, then I think God will help uh, us in making us what we need to be. Another thing that the scripture, I believe, teaches about Jesus and what was his example of love is that he prayed up his request to his father for his people. He prayed up to heaven for his people. And if you think about that, uh, he spent a lot of time praying. I, I, I can tell you right now, probably the single greatest area of need for improvement uh, for Christians today is more prayer. Pray more. Get in touch with God more. If we will say this year, instead of trying to lose weight or, or, or get in better physical condition, which is good to do, I guess, but make a priority of spending more time with God the Father. Pray, because like the song says, if we pray with, with all of our power and go to the Lord in prayer, I think God wants us to do that. You know, Jesus didn't tell us to pray only. He showed us how to pray, and he prayed to his Father constantly. And when he prayed up to heaven, God heard his prayers. And God wants to hear our prayers. And I don't want to just offer empty words that don't get heard. God wants us to pray just like Jesus. And, and if you love people, pray for them, especially those you love. Pray for them because we need prayers. Everybody does. But not only did he pray up, but he laid down his life for them. There's no greater act of love than the act of self-sacrifice for those who you love. Jesus says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus died so that we could live, and we know this, but when we give of our time, that means we're giving up some part of our life that we could have had, and we give up of our time, then we are laying down our life as a living sacrifice. Paul tells us in the book of Romans that Jesus made it possible for you and I to be living sacrifices to the Lord. And if our bodies are a living sacrifice, it means that our bodies are now at his disposal, not just for our own. And that is a great example because if we live in that kind of sacrificial way, 
then we will be following the example of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so these are all very powerful things for us to do for a new year, to personally add to those, your list or, or to, of your acquaintances and those that you personally love, but you may not have talked to in a long time, hey, let's call them. Let's, let's talk to people. Let's increase the amount of people that we love and personally engage. We should show people by our, our deeds, but also through our words, what God wants for us all. We should also make sure that if people have a need, take care of that need. Don't ignore it. And make sure that we lead by example by serving, serving the interest. The more people we serve, the better off we, we are. Now, our world through capitalism or free enterprise follows that example to some degree. And you might say, well, Brother Keith, how are these rich billionaires, trillionaires, whatever they're called, they're about to be trillionaires, they got a lot of money, but how are they getting wealthy like this? Because they're serving a lot of people. These, these people who I can name all, almost all of them, they may not be the best people in the world, but they sure do serve a lot of people, don't they? And most people are using their service, notice they say the service, and because a lot of people are being served by ordering something online and they don't have to go travel 100 miles or 200 miles or 1,000 miles and it shows up on their doorstep, it's very convenient. It's a good service to me. It's a good service to you. And when people are, so many people are being served, then they get rewarded. Now that's financially. But I think God has something more in mind than just financial reward. I think God wants us to literally serve people for good things and to use that for God's sake. We ought to pray that those people who do serve people through computer technology or through whatever media, and, and they, they have uh, achieved great success and wealth, are we praying for those wealthy people? Are we praying for those company leaders? Don't pray for companies because the companies don't exist without the people in them. Pray for the boards of these corporations. I'm very critical of corporations because they, they seem to just go the wrong way. They tend to, to support things I don't agree with. But how many times have I prayed for this board? How many times have I prayed for these people who are chief executive officers? How many times have I actually said, Lord, please give Christians witness in that company? Because if there are godly people in those companies, then they are going to do godly things and they're not gonna go follow the way of the world. So we need more godly people everywhere, and that's so important. Uh, when we live this, to, uh, when we try to have this new year follow the example of how Jesus uh, loved the people, he fed them, he led them, he prayed for them, he laid down his life, all those things, try to do that this year. But, but that's not where the, the, the message ends. That's the first part, but the last part is what it does. Notice in verse 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples. All will know. There's not gonna be any doubt. If you're loving the way God wants you to love, you're gonna have a witness for the Lord. And, and, and isn't it true that we're supposed to be witnesses? 
Well, if we're loving each other the way God wants us to love, then we will be a witness naturally. Jesus promises all, that means all people, the outsiders will see it, that they will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I'm really upset over our culture. I get critical over things I see on the TV. Uh, When I get with my mom, she's always got it on a certain uh, home and garden type television channel without saying the actual name of the channel, but she watches it and you you see all kinds of interesting things on on those channels. So I can't help myself in saying, oh, we've we've just, oh, we've, oh, oh, you know, I'm, I'm making, I'm thinking in my heart, what's gone wrong with our country in so many ways. But God didn't come here to save the culture, even though I think the culture is kind of going down. I think he came to save people. So I think that our priority should be to love as many people into the kingdom as we can, because I think it's a fact that the rising tide raises all the boats. And if we have more Christians, the more, the better everything's going to be eventually because it's going to rub off on our culture. But I think that fewer and fewer are seeking uh, God today because the culture is not enforcing or rewarding or in any way helping us. The culture right now is going against us. But does that mean that, that the culture can stop us from loving there's nothing I've said here today that you can't do, even if they, the government tried to shut down every church. You can still do this. And that's why the Bible says love never fails. They can't outlaw love, and they can't stop you from succeeding when you love, because the worst they can do is kill you, and that's all part of the plan. So God's got a plan for us all. And if the culture goes down to the worst area and God says, it's Sodom and Gomorrah again, 2.0, then you know what God's going to do? He's going to send an angel and he's going to grab us by the hand and he's going to pull us out before he sends his fire of judgment upon the city. See, God cares for us that much. We still need to love him no matter what happens in our culture. And that's why this is a positive message. It's it's negative to those who don't love. It's negative to those who don't accept Jesus. But it's very positive for us because there's nothing that the government can do to stop us from loving. Nothing. Not one thing can they do. They can shut us down. They can outlaw us. They can put us in jail. But they can't stop us from loving. And that's what Jesus said we're supposed to do. A new commandment for a new year. Love one another as I have loved you. Now, I have to say to you, that's a hard thing to do. (laughs) To do what Jesus did was the hardest thing that anyone ever did, but it's a good goal, and it's a good try for all of us to do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our new year. I thank you for the words of Jesus, and I ask for you to help us to, to try to follow you in loving each other the way you loved us. You gave us both words and deeds. You showed us how to pray and you showed us how to lay down your life. And I pray that you will help us this year to show forth love, increase our love for one another and that we would literally be able to say one year from now that we increase the number of people we served and we increase the number of people we helped 
and we increased the number of people we prayed for, and we increased in all the ways of caring for people that are, are the things that Jesus himself did. And Lord, if you will help us keep that goal for this year, we will honor you and thank you. In Jesus' name, we do pray and amen.